0: Today we're joined by veteran journalist and former senior foreign correspondent for Reuters, Rajan Moses to give his professional opinion on current news affecting us Malaysians.
1: Thank you so much Rajan Moses for joining us for this week's front page. So we're going to discuss some headlines that we've read recently. Um, As we all know we're in phase 4 of our MCO. Hopefully there won't be any more extensions after this. But a lot of papers are just talking about the exit strategy because a lot of economists actually say that, you know, the Malaysian economy cannot deal with another MCO extension and how are we going to exit this MCO safely, you know? Um, So... We have the government has actually set aside a two hundred sixty million ringgit stimulus package. Mm-hmm. I mean, is this an overreaction to say that our our economy will not be able to handle another MCO extension? What are your thoughts on this?
2: Well, I've been tracking this as well, and I don't. I think it is an overreaction to think that we might be having a further, you know, extension. Uh, I think. Caution is the main watchword right now, it seems. Uh, While analysts and uh, economists seem to be saying, you know, that uh, uh, they should uh, normalize things as fast as we can. But I I think that, you know, this is very critical time. We are in the fourth stage. Here we are, you know, uh, make or break. Our numbers are coming down. And you know this is the last mile, so to speak. You know, uh, and so it's very important, I think, that you know we have a strategy to come out of this thing uh, slowly but surely. But at the moment, from what I'm looking at, it doesn't look as if that we've got a publicly stated strategy out there, and that's worrying me a little bit because uh, we are getting uh, ad hoc. Uh, uh, Actions like you know, uh, you can go. Couples can go for shopping and all these kind of things. But we're really looking to hear structural and you know, uh, basic things uh, mm. would happen as as they were.
1: Okay, structural as in like which industries will open uh, first, Absolutely. and then which industry next. That those kinds of things exactly. for the because economy.
2: They had a good start. They made a good start with uh, you know the. Certain uh, sections sections of the manufacturing side, Uh, they should start doing it uh, in, uh, you know, different gradual ways and publicize this. They're not publicizing it. So, you know, we don't know who is like a secret, who's uh, manufacturing and who is (laughs) participating. So I think this is something that they could do. They've done a very good job, eh, the government. Uh, so far about, you know, keeping on time about their briefings and uh, even some subject matter as well. Uh, but the fact is that we must keep this communication open. And I think that will make uh, half the battle one. Okay.
1: Let's just say that um, May 12th uh, will be the end of our MCO. Let's just say. But how yeah. can our economy improve? if the rest of the world is still under quarantine, you know, for some of our import export businesses and things like that.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, basically, if you ask me, we are already in a terrible time right now, we are going through some terrible times and uh, it's going to look like as if it's going to could worsen before it becomes improved. Mm. So uh, I think uh, we are, we are, we are definitely risking some, Permanent domination, uh, damage for some of our uh, our economy. Uh, sorry, uh, our businesses, and you know uh, it would be meaningless. You know uh, if we don't uh, don't actually catch the bull by the horn, so to speak. You know, and say, hey guys, look, it is a fact. It's a grim outlook there, and we really have to go out. And, uh, you know, uh, open up uh, new ways of thinking and doing business. Uh, because at the moment, you know, it's, uh, there is permanent damage inflicted. Except that we have not been able to see it. Because it's all been over in the last 45 or 42 days. Uh, we haven't really seen the reality uh, bite in. So I think that is what we should be focusing on. Ahead,
1: so you no, it, so you mean Malaysians should be uh, should prepare themselves for the worst to come?
2: Yeah, I, I'm sorry, but I'm I'm not an optimist in that respect. <laughs> simply because the reality, you know, businesses are closing. Look at the numbers coming out. The SME associations, uh, you know, the FMM and uh, the employers' federation. They all are talking about. Numbers, you know, terrible numbers, negative numbers, you know. Uh, and uh, as the Prime Minister himself said, I think it's about 2 billion, uh, sorry, 2 million a day, 2.4 2, 2. billion a day, you know, that is being uh, lost on every day that we are on lock on lockdown. So really, you know, I think this is serious and uh, we're all going to take stock. New realities, new uh, situation, you know. Uh, we cannot be... Uh, it's not, it's not uh, business as usual. It's business unusual now.
1: All right. <laughs> Let's move on to our next article. Um, okay. Well, we understand there's a need for stricter control measures during the MCO to help flatten the curve. But in your opinion, are some of the punishments... A little bit too harsh like we've read this news article about how this single mother was actually initially sentenced to 30 days <laughs> in jail and then we had the elderly couple who were fined just because they went out to buy groceries together <laughs> you know and a young woman was jailed a whole week you know for meeting her boyfriend after baking a cake for him even after being yeah. punished in terms of fines you know so do you think some of these punishments are a little too harsh
2: I totally agree with you. I think these have been some of the unkindest cuts against some of these people. Like the lady, Lisa Christie, you know, who was jailed for 30 days, you know, for walking down the steps and talking to two or three guys uh, on the way to uh, her home. Now, yes, an offense may have been committed. But the fact is that the judiciary should be able to have basically similar kind of yardsticks uh, in uh, meeting out justice as they are. I mean, this lady has got 30 days and then there are some ministers, you know, deputy minister, you know, goes uh, elsewhere and, uh, you know, he's just given a fine. And uh, this is not commensurate. It is not equal to, you know, uh, the the, the actual punishment, you know. Uh, And I think we really need to... uh, It's very difficult when you have a very disparate uh, judiciary system uh, where everybody, every judge has got a different opinion as long as it's within the ambit of the the law, you know. So we will find and we will see these things, but we got to look at the the real uh, differences, you know, and try to be... Uh, really look at things uh, rationally as well, and uh,
1: compassionately. I think you have to have a bit of compassion, um, especially since now that our citizens are struggling, you know, every day.
2: I'm I'm totally with you on this because uh, there is something I think, something called justice with mercy. You know, that is what justice is all about. You know, it's blind justice if we cannot get mercy as well. And that's the missing element here right now uh, and uh, our, our judiciary should seriously, you know, uh, address this uh, matter uh, in, in the way they mete out justice, I think.
0: So, earlier you mentioned that the, there were differences in how things are being, how punishments are different, being met out differently. Do you think it should have been flipped around instead? and? Because some things are black and white, some things there are multiple shades of grey. Uh, do you think it should have been flipped around with people who are more influential being punished even more severely compared to regular citizens?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, if there are revisions to be made, restitutions to be made, you know, for people, uh, help them, you know, in these times, you know. Uh, don't be so harsh uh, because it's, it's like wild, white crime, white crime, white, white, Color crime, you know, where it's you know it's not something that's really you know uh, meant to uh, punish you, but you know to sort of warn you, you know. Uh, And I think that that should be the approach, rather than you know uh, lining up people on the black Maria and line them up in the courts and ask them to you know uh, go one after another, you know, and get their punishments as they go along the way. Let's have justice and mercy.
1: Let's move on to um, our parliament sitting, Rajan, (laughs) which is happening not too uh, long now. now. Not too far away. Yeah, Yeah, not too far away now. Yeah, 18th
2: of May. Yeah,
1: so DAP veteran Lim Kin Siang actually proposes a 10-day sitting of parliament as he and also, other Pakatan Harapan MPs feel that a one-day sitting with no debate at all is pointless. Um, so constitutionally, there is nothing wrong with a one-day parliament sitting, uh, yes. but in the eyes of the people, is this the right thing to do You know, as a newly formed government? What do you think?
2: As an observer, uh, I think it is rather sinister that we should have Uh, One day sitting, with no agenda, nothing, uh, just token, pay, lip service, you know. It does not make sense. It's a mockery of the system. Although, as you say, it's allowed within the, you know, Constitution. uh, clauses in Parliament. Uh, But, you know, we have got to be serious here, you know. Uh, You're doing it, if you're doing it because uh, you want to legitimize your position as a government in place right now, interim government, uh, in order to use the buy time, you know, to uh, give yourself a chance to increase your patronage and uh, your support for political institutions and politicians, then I think, uh, you know, that's overridden the basis, you know, of uh, sitting up a parliament. Especially sitting up a parliament is a serious matter, you know. And that's why you need time and you need to, you can't gloss over these things. And that's why the forefathers already had in the past uh, set times, you know, for such parliament. Because you, this is part of the fabric of, of uh, government and uh, life, national life, you know. So I think uh, this is very sinister. It's uh, very unnecessary. It's, it's not really uh, uh, for anyone to buy time. Uh, And don't try to control the apparatus, you know, and I think it's not a very popular thing to do. In my personal view, is that we should have benefited, maybe not by 10 days, as what has been said by others, but definitely need more time than one day.
1: More than one day. (laughs) uh,
2: (laughs) And that also for a few hours, (laughs) in my opinion. (laughs)
1: Now, do you believe that uh, it should be longer? I mean, if it can be done for one day, why can't it be done safely for more days, right?
2: Oh, absolutely. That's the counter argument, you know. That, hey, you know, look, you have, you already are going to sit. You need to mobilize everybody. They got to go through all their COVID tests and you all must uh, go through the various motions and then even dress up for the occasion and then go in the morning and within a couple of hours, you know, uh, disassemble again, you know. That's simply, you know, um, very uh, unnecessary and I think very, uh, uh, that is, is waste, administratively- Wasteful, uh,
1: right? It's a bit of a waste of time wasteful, and money and everything. Yes. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. Then. Better, better have the next session full-blown, done in a proper way. If you're going to have three weeks or four weeks or whatever, do it properly. But don't I mean, like, try to, you know, uh, put a label for yourself.
0: You know. I mean, you can't even solve your own personal problems in just one day. This is the whole country's problem Correct. that you need to solve. But if it's just one day, Rajan, let's just say if it's just one day and yeah. it goes ahead, yeah. What should be at the top of the list of things that needs to be discussed?
2: i think I think the most important thing is about uh, making sure that we've got res, regil, regil, legislation here that uh, will be will facilitate a c- continue uh, uh, safety for the public. For, for the public and the systems that are governing us uh, to make political life meaningful and for government and for ease of business for our people. Because people are, you know, uh, suffering and they have no direction. We need directions. We want the, the government to give us direction, clear direction. And we've got so much time to think about it. So if you're going to you put that into a, into and part of the agenda on the, Uh, sitting, yes, make that the paramount issue. And uh, here again, I'm not only citing the government or the opposition, but I think both parties have a role uh, to play a part in um, helping us, the people, uh, and not only our political and other uh, affiliations. That's what what should be done, I think.
1: Okay, great. Now let's move on to the next one. Um, this is quite interesting because, um, as we all know, I think um, the newspaper industry and all that they are suffering. You are a journalist yourself, so you you understand yes. the suffering of the 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 press industry. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. so there's this interesting call by the press for tech giants like Facebook and Google to pay out a cut of their Avenue earned from advertising by uh, of sharing contents Mm -hmm. uh, from these press sites on their sites. So, what are your thoughts on Mm -hmm. this?
2: You know, these giants, so to speak, Facebook or Google, uh, they have made something out of nothing. Okay, Uh, the fact they they got they use the platform, and then they use the content. You know, Mm -hmm. that's out there and available. that's a, that's a wholesaler's approach to the whole uh, uh, doing business here. And meanwhile, you know, they just flog all the uh, media, you know, uh, news and other info, you know, that they have and place it onto their own platforms and make money out of it, you know. Uh, I think it's only fair that uh, media houses uh, also get a share, you know, of their... Uh, of, of the whole pie, so to speak, because the pie, the pie will otherwise be just uh, uh, all the time only eaten by giants and uh, those who are media, smaller media organizations, uh, and they won't get any, any bit of the pie at all, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think uh, they, they, there must be some regulation, you know, uh, globally or otherwise. But at the moment, uh, we are at the mercy of the Facebooks or the Googles or the other giants. You know. One of the big issues is, I think, is that uh, we need leaders, world leaders like the American government or others who have the power you know, to force businesses to, uh, to uh, uh, share with the people for certain particularly causes, especially like this mm. one about the media. Uh, and they should lead, be leading all this, and that it comes as a natural thing to happen for media and others who are the victims, so to speak, within courts. You know, uh, who need to be uh, restituted, given restitution. You know, for for what uh, they are having that uh, that they, they own, but are unable to.
1: Okay. Now, um, actually, in this article, they've actually said that the Australian government is the world's first uh, to be able to get this mandatory code of conduct to force Google and Facebook to pay their media companies in Australia if they're publishing their news. Uh, so, Australia has done it. Do you think we can do it here in Malaysia?
2: Well, I think if you have the will to do it, uh, we, should be, we should do it. Uh, but then again, don't forget—you know—we there are also the uh, considerations about how big we are, you know, as a as a media power, uh, how much influence we have, mm. uh, whether you know we have the uh, uh, framework uh, to to uh, make this happen. So these things are still up in the air. So it's a good idea. Maybe it's the time to uh, build on it. And uh, crystallize it, and uh, after Australia, we Malaysia could be the country you know that could uh, uh, bring out uh, new new uh, happenings uh, mm. for these these media houses.
1: Because at the end of the day, it's the journalists that you know that takes time to write all these news pieces and all that. And
2: <laughs> tell me about and, it. You know, and, and, and then at the end of the years. day,
1: if your media company <laughs> closes down. You're out yeah. of a job? job, that's it. No yeah. more mu- yeah. news articles for you.
0: <laughs> yeah. How will Did it work it? though? I mean, I mean, who, how much will they pay? Is it by cut, by number of views? Like, like if you have a YouTube video, how many people yeah. view it, you get paid according to that. Is it, should that be how
2: it works? There, there have to be certain um, regulations, okay? Uh, certain parameters. That must be applied. Um, I think taking a good look at the Aussie system mm-hmm. might be a good start for us. You know, yeah. to see what it presents. You know, uh, and yeah, we have a, a communications comu- communication uh, commission here. Uh, so why don't we use these people? You know, to uh, use their their understanding and knowledge. And our parliamentary draftsmen, you know, to see if they are able to uh, make people a bit more aware of how to uh, find a solution to this whole Mm. thing. But definitely, it merits a look uh, deeper.
0: You know, it would be great if you, let's say, Rajan, you write an article and it goes viral, everybody shares it all over the place, you get paid based on how many times it gets shared. Boy. (laughs) (laughs) That'll be brilliant. No, I think that I think
2: be in yeah. if, I think
1: in Australia it's more of just like a percentage of the, yeah. a, a, a certain percentage to one media company which will cover several different outlets. So that might that might work yeah, too. You know, so any revenue ways. is good revenue, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah, and there's so many ways to skin the cat, you know. So let's yeah. let's see how it goes.
1: Well, you, I like my system. I'm to make said, you a
0: millionaire. All right, all right, next one.
1: Last one. Yes. Um. This is interesting. We, we got it from a Malay media. Uh, a lot of people, about a thousand people, actually have a valid MyCard, like a real one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're not valid citizens. Uh, and we're just thinking, right? If JPN knows which MyCards are the unauthorized new citizens, mm-hmm. I mean, should there be a means to? Just confiscate these my cards and just immediately deport these people.
2: (laughs) This is so Malaysian, isn't it? And especially the National Registration Department, always you know part of this kind of scam. You know, Uh, it's it's terrible to hear that the nerve center of our our my cards, you know, has been within courts infiltrated by these. what do you call that? Uh, uh, citizen, invalid, you know?
1: invalid citizens, invalid
2: yeah. citizens. You know, uh, only in Malaysia we get this kind of things. We had the same scandal like this in Sabah, if you remember, when we had the mic thing, and now we've got this. Thank goodness, you know, that it was curbed and made published uh, pu- pu- uh, published uh, much uh, late earlier rather than later, and this may be a sort of a like a deterrent, you know, for the future. But if anybody who has not used the normal, legal way to become a citizen, they had better give up whatever they got, face the wrath of the department, face the wrath of the law, and they must be brought to book. And really, you know, uh, be brought to book. Look at, in Malaysia, there's so many Malaysians who haven't even got their own MyCards, mm. you know, and yeah, they're having correct. big problems, you know, mm. from the estates, uh, you know, in the new villages and all this. So why should they, you know, be going through these terrible times while these uh, inbred uh, citizens, you know, uh, find the opportunity to to uh, kind of lompat or hop over, you know, the, the normal Malaysian who we who, who requires and sometimes must have these documents. Okay,
1: so what do you think now, Rajan? Should we have like a new SOP for people who wants to get our you know the, a my card now? Especially uh, I mean, um, we've not, had this, not babies like- but like adults, right? Like, should there be a new SOP from this department to? to sort of accurately document our citizens now?
2: <laughs> you know, we've had how many countless uh, <laughs> exercises like these? you know, Like my card, my own, my personal, my card has been two or three times been you know, revised and uh, given a fresh card in the past, you know, uh, because you, at a certain age, you got to change it. And so we're going through all these things. Uh, integrity is very important. If the department cannot give us integrity, then what is left for the, for the country? So I think it's very important that our government be honest about these things and put right things that are wrong, especially from this registration department which has had been a butt of uh, these uh, kind of scandals in the past. And hopefully that good sense will prevail you know, for our citizens uh, whom, who must get support from the government mm. to uh, have citizenship that is valued and that is legitimate. I think that's very important. Yeah.
1: I mean, we always laud our system, you know. Oh, we can get our my card in a day. Uh, if we lose it, you know, yes. we can renew it in two days and all that. We laud that system. Um, we enjoy it, you know, as Malaysians to to be able to get things done very quickly. Um, yeah. But do you think it's too easy? <laughs> That's why, you know?
2: I, I think I think, uh, the registration department has always been the butt of all these kind of problems in the past. Uh, I don't know when they'll put all this right. Uh, but we have to pursue and keep on at it, you know. Uh, like we look at the immigration department now, it's much better than it used to be in the past.
1: Definitely, you know? yeah.
2: Uh, so, like that, every department's got their black sheep that got to be, you know, uh, clear, cleared out. And I hope they do very soon.
0: Should the whole department be put under review, the whole ministry? I mean, for, for when it comes to registration? And
2: well, maybe, you know, have an in, uh, inquiry or a, a white paper or something, you know, that can be serious, you know, about looking at how we're going to forge ahead with our... NRD and uh, my cards in the future uh, but then we need a government you know <laughs> government is not <laughs> not ready yet yeah. so let's get With to the, the one first day city parliament of the parliament city first. <laughs> we
1: can really have an actual yeah. government right let's
2: sort that one first that is another uh, part two <laughs> <laughs> rajan thanks so much thank you been a pleasure